This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Welcome to Acting Real with Kat Foster, where I talk with talented, seasoned professional actors about how they use what they've learned from acting in their real, everyday lives. Today, we talk to actor, writer, and singer-songwriter Brian Greenberg. You likely recognize Brian as the star of the HBO series How to Make It in America, or as the star of the ABC drama October Road. You may also recognize Brian from many other shows, including his most recent appearances on The Tick and The Mindy Project. You can also find him on the big screen in more than a dozen indie films, not to mention a ton of bigger features like Prime, Friends with Benefits, and Bride Wars, to name a few. Acting aside, Brian's a prolific singer-songwriter who's released two albums and whose music has been featured everywhere in both film and television. Enjoy. It is a skeleton, and you have to discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. I have this feeling that actors know a lot, like we have like a lot of wisdom that we've gained just from learning how to act. Like I feel like when we learn how to act, like the craft of acting teaches us things that, um, I mean, by the way, it doesn't mean that so many actors aren't idiots, idiots and, and (laughs) dickholes, but like, you know what I mean? Like people are mean and very unwise in our business too, but I just, I have this feeling that, you know, there are things that we learn about acting while we're learning how to act that I think everyone can apply with some success. It's a unique set of skills. Yeah, it's a unique set of life skills that I think a lot of people want to learn anyway. Um, I think it's good. I think like everybody should take an acting class at some point in their life. Right? And when, so why do you say that? It's because to learn how to present yourself in front of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're in business, it's good. Um, To learn how to listen to people. Um, to gain confidence, um, to learn how to speak publicly. Yeah. Okay, so but first, before we do that, right. how like, can we talk about how we know each other? Yeah, <laughs> I've known you since I was what eighteen years old. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Long time. Uh, Brian In the 90s. and I, we went to yeah nineties style. We went to NYU. Um, did we meet before we were in the experimental theater wing? We, did you go to Amsterdam? No, we didn't go to Amsterdam. You know together, what? Right? I went. No, but I was there because I was dating H. Ryan Clark. Was Remember? I there when you were there? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. I have pictures of us. I have pictures. Oh, yeah, we did. So, like, because I went the year before. But with- I didn't go to Amps. I went to RADA. I went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts for their right. advanced acting Shakespeare summer course. Right. And you guys were in Amsterdam doing ETW, doing yes. experimental theater wing. Well, I don't know. What'd you call it? Like, I called summer it summer annex or whatever. I called it the best summer credit you could ever get. You could ever Basically, get. Yeah. this is <laughs> we're like 19 years old studying experimental theater in Amsterdam. Uh, you know, basically rolling around on the floor <laughs> acting like animals. I mean, it's 
all the stereotypical things that you would make fun of acting class. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like then like on your off time, you're like getting stoned. At oh, yeah. I was getting high. <laughs> We're doing yoga at eight in the morning every day. I mean, it was amazing. I was yeah. like, it, it's yeah. the best loophole we ever found in college. Yeah, right. Okay. So then, yeah. So yeah, we met up in Amsterdam. But I also yeah. remember like in class, I remember us doing a scene together. Oh, yeah. What, what was, was that scene? Play called? Oh, The Boys Next Door. The Boys Next Door. We did yeah. a scene from The I Boys Next Door. I remember that. That was, um, that was good. Which is an amazing play about uh, um, um, a home for uh, mentally challenged people, mm. um, right? And then, yeah. And we played roommate. Or no, like we were sort of... We, we, had, were, we, we had a love interest. Yeah, we were a love interest who lived in the home. Yeah, so had. I remember we did that scene together. What else? And you you did, you did played Romeo and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I wasn't in that show. No. I, would, I did other shows. <laughs> did we ever do a play together? I don't think we did a play together. We, well, we did a movie we together. We did a movie together. Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, we yeah, did A Year, a year and change. change together. Yeah, which is a, which is a cute little movie. That was a cute movie. I appreciate you doing that. Brian, Brian played the lead um, of this movie. You, you did a favor. I played his. <laughs> I didn't do a favor. I was very happy to join the cast of this movie. That was fun. Um, you were great we in shoot that. It? Baltimore? No. Yeah, we were in Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. We had a good cast for that. It was good. It yeah. was me and you and Jamie. And Jamie your, Hector was your in amazing that. actor, actress wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Chong. Jamie Chung, Jamie Hector. Marshall Allman. Marshall Allman. Oh, T.R. Knight. T.R. Knight. He's amazing. He's always amazing. That's fun. That was fun. Yeah. So that's how we know each other. That's how we know each other. So tell me, like, was there a moment in your life that you can remember where you were like, I'm going to be an actor? Or like, I am an actor now. When it started? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was 10. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, uh-huh. and did I ever tell you this? <laughs> and then know. I, my my sister was in ballet and she was running errands. My mom was we were latchkey kids and we were running errands with with her mom and uh, after school and she had an audition for the Nutcracker and I'm waiting there, and they asked me if I wanted to audition and I said no, <laughs> but uh, my mom kind of was like sick of me annoying her so she's like just go in go in just give, give me 10 <laughs> minutes alone for god's sake yeah so i just uh i went in and i had no idea it was like i was just running around i was like a kid with adhd i was just like doing somersaults and like just running around acting like an idiot and uh i got the part <laughs> now which part did you get oh the this is for the nutcracker uh i got was it fitz fritz oh, yeah fritz. fritz sure yeah so it was like the the Young, lead boy. Yeah, the lead little But you'd never shithead. done ballet before. No, and ballet meaning like I was nine. You right, know? I was right, like nine right. or ten. So it's yeah. like I wasn't doing moves. I was just kind of running around a little bit. Um, but maybe, I loved it. Does Fritz it. not dance? Does Fritz not have a lot I mean, of there was some. Anymore? There was some moves. I mean, Clara. She. Yeah, was, that's the lead. That's the lead chick, yeah. right? But I don't. There wasn't a. I mean, it was. It's all dancing, yeah, but yeah. it's not really. Like you weren't called upon to do like ballet moves. No. They just wanted a Thank kid God. who was what? I mean, like, why do you think you got cast? I don't know because I just was rambunctious. Maybe I don't uh, know. Uh, um, I was up for it. You were unselfconscious. Yeah, I was up for it. Yeah. I was just up for it, and I loved it. I was just so like innocent. I got off school for three weeks, and wow. we traveled all over Nebraska and like <laughs> South Dakota, and I, I got my, you know, I got an article in the little local paper. Yeah, and I was just like, this is the life, right? Yeah. And then I went back and I started studying ballet and then all my friends were like you're doing ballet I was like, yeah i'm like football players do it that's what i kept telling all my friends they're like that's stupid i'm like yeah you're right that's stupid i kind of got bullied out of it so yeah i started doing uh but i did like being on stage yeah and i, I just love the whole element of uh 
you know, there was this crew, this cast together, and then they all had this camaraderie, and then they went out and they did this thing together. They took it on the road, and yeah. and I I just love that. Uh, I love that aspect, and so I, I found that in the theater too, and so I started doing little plays at the children's theater, Emmy Gifford Children's Theater in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to St. Louis when I was 12 years old, I was really distraught. I didn't want to move. Sad. I was like, I felt like I was being ripped from my roots. And I didn't, it's like the one thing that I took with me. So Mm -hmm. like when I moved to St. Louis, I, I auditioned for, you know, some local plays. That was like my, that became my thing. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, I just kind of always wanted to do that. It felt like it, like the plays gave you a sense of community. Exactly. Like that's where you found your friends and like your social scene. Yeah. I just love doing it. Yeah. And then I just, maybe it was stupid, but I locked in at an early age and I said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And that's kind of all I've ever wanted to do. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I say it's like, this is the only thing that I really know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so that kind of got me through. And then, you know, in high school, I was kind of a screw up a little bit for the first couple of years and I was, wasn't doing well in school. And, you know, my dad threatened to send me to military school. And, you know, I I was like, man, I got to get my act together. If if, you know, I I didn't want to be in St. Louis. I was, I had a chip on my shoulder and I always wanted to move to New York. And so I started, uh, I started focusing and I got an NYU and was 18. I moved. So when you say you started focusing, you mean you started focusing like on your grades or on acting or on all my of it grades. Or? And I will say I did. I, I was I was trying to do well and I couldn't focus. I just now, did focus. you have ADHD? Were you diagnosed? With yeah. ADHD? So okay. I couldn't focus at all. And this is after when I actually gave a shit. And I was like, I'm going to try to focus. I'm going to try to get better grades. And I would just sit in class and I would be bouncing off the walls and just looking around and I just, I was so bored. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't sit still. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I also went to Montessori. Yeah. I don't know if you know what that is. I do. Okay. So I went from like preschool till sixth grade. Yeah. So that was like a really. So describe a little bit for people who don't know, like the Montessori philosophy. So it's very, it's not like traditional schooling. You don't have classes. Mm -hmm. Um, You sit in a, it's kind of hippie-ish. You sit in a circle. Yeah. And uh, you have projects that you work on and you can, you can go at your own level. So if you're really good at arts or English, which I was, you, I was doing like really advanced stuff at a young age in English. Right. But I was also really bad at math. So I was, you know, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't I was kind of uh, stagnated a little bit in that uh-huh. subject. So it's uh-huh. kind of good and bad. Um, I think it's really good for creativity. Yeah. Um, but when I was in sixth grade, I had to go into traditional school with like school bells and class times and desks, and I I just had a a lot of t- a hard time adjusting. Yeah. Um, and I also think I also had ADD, which is the most overdiagnosed disease out there but well now I, it is certainly well, but like then, when we were a kid oh you think well both my parents are psychologists and i told them when i wanted to do well in school i was like i think i have add and they're like yeah no shit <laughs> <laughs> and so and yet he still wanted to send you to military school well that's because that was sort of a veiled threat that it was a veiled threat until i saw the letter in the mail oh, and i was wow. like oh all right it was like a scare tactic that worked yeah. Um, and then, so I went to see a neurologist and a, a psychiatrist, and there they did their tests. And did you take? I started. Um, yeah. Ritalin? I started, yeah. I started taking Ritalin, which for me, I started getting straight A's. Wow. Straight A's. It worked instantly. But I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to like say it worked for everybody. Yeah, of course. But for me, it did. But 
you know, now I have Look, trouble sleeping people, at night. Though. You know, I'm sure your psychologist parents would agree with us. A lot of people legit have a ADD, ADHD, and a lot of people are, you know, they're misdiagnosing a lot of trauma too. You know, a lot of kids have a lot of anger and yeah. they run around like crazy and yeah. people say, oh, he has ADD. But meanwhile, you know, his home situation is one that would cause a lot of anger. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, I think it's, it's, but there's nothing, you know, you got to call if it is, you have to call it what it is and you have to treat it. But if it's not, you know, it's also, it's hard. It's such a broad thing, you know, yeah. you know, but um, it helped me. So here's the question. Did, did, did you feel like, like when you were bouncing off the walls in class, like, did you feel like when you were on stage, that was an issue? Like, did you know right. I could focus? Um, like you could focus to learn the lines. You could focus in well, rehearsal. Well, funny because like just on the Ritalin tip, right? Like I was on that pretty much through college. Uh-huh. And then it started like at a certain point making me really edgy. Mm. And also I was having trouble sleeping. So they prescribed something else for me to sleep. And I just thought it was unhealthy to be on all these pills. It's just, just a bad place to be in. So I got off of for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fine. But then... Like a couple years ago, I was having so much trouble memorizing. Mm. Like once I had the lines, all good. But just the process of memorizing has always been very hard for me. Yeah. Um. Just uh, the audition world. Like yeah. I need I need more time than the average actor. I would yeah. say. Like you're not uh, good. Like overnight, you're not good. No. Like last minute. Yeah. I can do it, but not. It's not my best work. And like, do you tell your agents like yes. I have ADD and it's legit and like I need? They more don't time. care. They but don't yeah. Care. Yeah. I, and I've been with the same agents for like 15 years, so they know my process at this point. Yeah. And I know my process. Like, uh-huh. it takes me a lot of time. So I started doing small doses just to memorize. But mm-hmm. when I work, I, I don't I don't like to be... Um, it kind of numbs me out a little bit mm. as an actor. Like, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just numbs me. So I don't want to... I want to be present. I want to I feel things. Um, so I only take it now if I just need to, like get through a script or but once rest. you know the lines you know the lines well enough that you don't need to to have the boost of the ritalin to help you yeah yeah i'm a drug addict <laughs> <laughs> no i mean obviously this is something that you know you've it's, dealt with everybody's your... had their own their own thing but um but yeah so for me to memorize it's like i have to record the other person's dialogue uh-huh well, first of all, I have you'll to, record, you'll, you'll speak like if we're into, having a scene, uh-huh. I'll record your lines okay. into like a dictaphone uh-huh. and, um, and, or my iPhone or whatever. Uh-huh. First of all, I have to break down, analyze the scene, uh-huh. you know, so I understand what the hell the scene's about and what I'm saying. Uh-huh. And then I just kind of, I go, I, I do your lines and I do my lines and that takes me, takes me a while, you yeah, know, and then yeah. I, and then I write down all of my lines. Uh-huh. That helps me too. I do. Yeah. You too. do that? Yeah. And then I just drill it nonstop for like days, like probably two days and then it will stick. So what's the difference for you? Like when you, when you feel very prepared, like when you have like, like what's your ideal, like three days, four days, at five, least three days. I mean, the more, days. more time, the merrier. Like, right. I mean, you give me a week. I agree. I, I'm amazing. You know, right. if I'm at all, I'm not one of those actors who goes into an audition or goes on set, not knowing their lines, you know, I have to know that it has to be in me or I can't be free. Like and it, and so talk about that a little bit. Like, mm. what does it feel like when you're really free? Like, how do you know? How do you know when you know the lines well enough to, to let yourself? Oh, because then free? I can start. Play. I can't play. I can't start riffing or just do different. T- I, I, I need I just need them in. I need them almost to be instinctual. 
Uh-huh. You know, like they're just in me. Like the the line will come out and I don't know how it's going to come out. Uh-huh. But if it's in me, I'm not thinking about the line. I'm just worried about the emotion and my connection with the other person. Right, right, you know? right. Like, so you might do, like I do this sometimes. Like you'll like, you'll like say the lines over and over again while you're like doing dishes. Oh. Or like. I'm walking around my house or my apartment just in circles for days that's how i mean that's just all i do just like letting the words i take i put my phone away my computer away like i i'm i can't be around anything and, and how, I just, what's that process like for you because it's I, hell is it <laughs> it's hell for me yeah you don't like it not the memorizing part no because because there's a feeling of fear for you potentially like of like not knowing it like what what makes you not like it it just doesn't stick it takes it it takes time it's for it to stick. it's frustrating but once it's there it's like I'll, I'll wake up and I'll run it the first like before I even open my eyes or I'll go uh -huh. to bed and like I'm constantly drilling it drilling it drilling it until it's just there and I don't think about it and it's like it always happens like overnight like I have to I literally have to sleep sleep it off yeah and then I'll wake up and it's there yeah yeah is that like that yeah no too? I have yeah? that too my yeah. my ideal is three days I like Perfect. three days yeah I like to I the first day I look at it I like absorb it I kind of look at the meaning mm -hmm. by day two I happen to know probably like half of it or mm -hmm. I know the gist like I could mm -hmm. probably go through the scene without knowing the exact words mm -hmm. and then like day two I spend like you know making sure that I know like each word because I like to be pretty word perfect oh you do yeah yeah I tend to I like yeah. to be pretty word perfect for the same reason as you so that then like if I want to like Forget it. I can do that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm the same way. And I do experience like you wake up, if you work on it, if you work on it enough, you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, it's like in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think like I've looked into it and I think that's how your uh, long term you're... memory works. Yeah. Like I think drilling like, it. Yeah. There, there's yeah. like where there's something that kicks in. Like this is a normal thing. Like if you're mad, when you relax, it's like it's like the rest is as important as the work. Mm. So like when you're doing anything, like, you know, like, I mean, when you're bodybuilding, like you have, if you're, if you're, if you're doing your same muscles day after day after day, you're just going to tear them down and right. continue to do that. But it, you have to give them rest. If so you, you know rest. when to give yourself a break. Yeah, so I like, haven't even learned that yet. Well, so that's what I like. So actually for me, my experience learning lines tends to be a really, it feels like a meditation huh. because like all like, I, I can only learn lines uh, while I'm walking huh. um, or or running or yeah. um, moving in some way. I have a really hard time just learning lines sitting down. Mm, that's interesting. So I'll repeat them out loud, not act them necessarily. Yeah. Um, in fact, it, as I've evolved, I try not to act them. Same. I try to, um, but sometimes I act them. I mean, it depends on the nature of the scene too. Like if it's a sitcom, you know, I might. Yeah, you need to like hit a joke. for the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like if it's like something that I need to go really fast for, right. I might not act it, but I'll say the words really fast. Or mm -hmm. if it's something super emotional i try not to say the words out loud at all almost mm. like i just like try to just keep them real quiet yeah um um but i like to do it while i'm moving and um and i'll do it and then i'll rest hmm. like i'll do like i'll like work on the lines but as soon as my focus kind of drifts yeah like if i get a little tired like let's say like 15 minutes goes by or half hour it depends on what i'm working on yeah then I'll check my phone or I'll like, right. you know what I mean? Like I, like I'll just start looking at the flowers that I'm walking by or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause for me, I find that, um, letting my focus relax for a minute, mm -hmm. then like allows some of that work mm -hmm. to kind of spread its roots. I truly believe in like the subconscious doing a lot of work. 
Yeah. Yeah. So once it's in you, that's what I, I do the same thing. Like I don't, I just kind of let, I just think about it a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I, I just, I, 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 once the lines are there, mm-hmm. then the subconscious can kind of kick in mm-hmm. and you just, especially when you're preparing to play a role. Mm-hmm. Um, I love just just like having months mm-hmm. to think about stuff. So like what advice would you give someone who like, you know, like my fantasy is that there are a lot of non-actors listening to this right now. Okay. And so like, like let's say someone's preparing for a big, uh, like fast a, forward the a, last a, half hour, a keynote. <laughs> no, see, I think this stuff, I do think this stuff is widely applicable. Like for instance, a keynote address mm-hmm. or a presentation at work or, um, you know, like there's a lot, you know, people get really scared about having to present things to be, yeah. to stand up in front of people who are, I mean, you know, you, judging is a sort of a word that has a pretty pejorative con- connotation, but like, you know, like how do you, they, they are sort of, people are listening to see like, Hey, do I like you or not? Do I like your product or not? Do I yeah. like this presentation or not? People are always sort of assessing like how they feel. So, and that's daunting. It's daunting to get up in front of people when you, when there's some stakes on the line, when you, when, when the stakes are high and you want people to like you because mm-hmm. we all want people to like us. Right. So like how, how, what, what advice would you give anyone who's preparing for something like that? Well, I find freedom in my preparation in the work that I've done. And that's where I get my confidence. Uh-huh. You know, it's Just feeling really well prepared. That's how I get my confidence. Okay. So let's say, cause I know that there are times. So in my life and I'm sure in yours, cause we've both been around the block of this little business. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, there are times where like you get a last minute call mm-hmm. and someone's like, and it's something you like, right? So yeah. like you get a last minute call for something that's like, lame you're like pass i'm yeah. not gonna do it yeah like no <laughs> but you get a last minute call for something that's like a really cool show a role that feels really good for you mm-hmm. what do you how do you prepare in how do you prepare to not be prepared and walk into a room i'm the i'm the worst person to ask so that. tell me what happens because I, I probably wouldn't walk in that room if i don't feel confident and mm-hmm. i don't feel like i can do my job then mm-hmm. i won't i won't do that. you'll just pass no matter what i won't pass i'll maybe i'll make a tape or something Okay. You know, or I'll just, I have to do things where I know that I can succeed, you know, uh-huh. and I'm not going to put myself out there into a place where I know that I'll fail uh-huh. because it's like, I'm not going to get the job that way. So how know? do you, but how do you know that you're going to fail? Like what, what are the signifiers? Like, I guess it's because I've been doing anxiety? it for so long. Yeah. That I know my process at this point. Right. So it's like, I can't do the next day thing. So like, you really respect your process. I respect it a lot. Yeah, I know it. And not everybody else respects it. And that's okay. Okay. But, but I have right. to live with myself. And I, it's not worth the mental anguish that I know that I'll do to myself. It's, it's just not worth I it. I you. don't want to beat myself up. Totally. So we're talking about uh, and we'll get back to this mental anguish because I also yeah. want to talk about that. But um, what? Like, okay, so there are times though, right? Where so mm. forget auditioning. There are times where you're on set mm-hmm. and the writer comes up and says, like, you know what, this line isn't reading. We need to change this line. That, for me, it's different. I'm so weird. I'm like the worst auditioner. Like when I'm on set, you can throw anything at me and I'm oh, good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what like, do you, so talk about the block. difference there. So 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 okay, so if you're on set and all of a sudden like something comes at you last minute and you have to make an adjustment. So you've I can been do in it. your and so talk about what... I think there's confidence. There's confidence that comes with like having the role. 
uh-huh. and then being on set and knowing you're gonna have multiple takes uh-huh. and you know there's just there's a confidence that comes with it that my anxiety doesn't kick in but when i'm like trying to get a job that's when it gets a little my, my confidence wavers that's why i need to be even more prepared right does that make sense yeah no and this totally is just sense. me and it's my it's been my cross to bear for like my whole career um yeah so yeah I well mean, we've it, talked about this on this show before but i'll mm. just like say it for anyone who didn't listen to that episode i can't remember who you're talking about it with but like this the auditioning skill is very different right because when you're auditioning yeah. you're like pretending to be you have to pretend a lot of stuff you have to pretend yeah. to hear that that sound cue that is in the stage direction you have to pretend that you know the person across from you is eating a big sandwich yeah. you have to pretend that the person across from you is crying you have to pre- pretend a lot because yeah. when you're on set you know there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of the work that's already done for you mm-hmm. um so in a sense they're sort of different skills so that that is confidence inspiring but also i have to say when you're on set there's a lot of money on the line people mm-hmm. are always like rushed for time mm-hmm. there's like four sometimes more cameras pointed in your face mm-hmm. not usually more than four actually that's be a lot of cameras there's you know one to four cameras depending on what you're working on pointing in your face Mm -hmm. you know people are saying things like okay let's move in tight you know which means that they're gonna get your close-up and they want to see your tears falling down your cheeks or like whatever the situation is yeah so it's also you found confidence on set but that's not necessarily the case like some people might be more comfortable auditioning so but it is that is i mean everybody's different for me I'm good on. By the time I'm walking on a set, my choices have been made for a while. So talk about a time though when like you're. I couldn't get a scene on set. No, yeah, like talk about a time where on set maybe like someone comes at you with a lot of new stuff. Like there's just a lot of new stuff mm. coming your way. Or, you worked in the sitcom world. I bet they do that a lot. They do that a lot yeah. in the sitcom world. But like, but just something like unexpected like happens. Or like, let's say you're, you know, you have a scene that's really crucial, that's really emotional. They want to get it before the sun goes down. Right. Like that kind of pressure. Like talk about, you know. There's part of me that like, that loves that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I kind of like light up when yeah. when there's when there's less time. The sun's going down. We got to get the shot. And so what what taught you know. to light up? Like how what are the mechanics? It's more almost like a competitive like adrenaline thing that kicks in, and you just all the fear and the anxiety to me goes away because there's no need for it. You it's just it's a wasted energy that you don't have time to be nervous. You don't have time to be anxious. Uh-huh. It's just like you got to get the shot. You got to like drop in. I don't know. I can just, to, yeah. for me, I love that. So talk about That's the process. That's kind of why I like doing indies. Yeah. You know? Because there's always a lot of time. You're rushing yeah, time a lot. Yeah, because you're just you're just forced. You don't have the luxury of like. Worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got to drop in and get it. You know? I, I love that. I love so just ta- rolling up my sleeves and doing it. So tell me about dropping in. Like, what do you, when when you're called upon to drop in, like, talk about how you do that. I don't consciously do it. I, it's just, I just, I don't know. Yeah, but like just work for like one second okay. on trying to distill that process. Like go back to wherever you may have learned it in acting school or the process that you've honed through the years. Like when, when, when you're in a very pressured situation, what is what are the mechanics in your body okay. and your heart and your mind that you use okay. to, to get past the worry again this is this is all about going back to my original point of having the confidence of when i've done the work okay so i know the scene i know the character okay um i know the lines and 
all I got to do is just, I, what, I, what I do is I say, what just happened? What to my character? Mm-hmm. And what do I want in this scene? Mm-hmm. And then Those are like the two things. I'm like, where am I coming from? And what do I want? Okay, and what kind go. of physical preparation do you do? Like, do you check in with your body at all? Like, is there, you know, do you do, you do a scan? Do you have tension? Like, do you breathe in a certain way? Like, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do my vocal warm-ups in the morning. You know, I'll do my speech <laughs> warm-ups because I get mumble mouth sometimes. Uh-huh. Um yeah, I try to, I mean... I'm so always, mumble, ba- mumble mouth, meaning like sometimes like, you know, you can't don't enunciate, the word out. Yeah. You don't so you yeah. make sure that you can enunciate, right? Wee, 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 right, wee, so wee, maybe wee, you, wee. you loosen your all jaw. Stuff. Yeah, loosen my jaw. Like, this is all stuff we learn at NYU. Right. But there's stuff you can learn. Like, go on YouTube. If you have to do a, like a speech and you're not an actor and you got to do a presentation, you can go on YouTube and just type in like speech vocal warm-up. Yeah. And you'll see all these goofy teachers teaching you stuff. And I, I mean... I recommend it. You and know. What about like meditation? Any kind of meditation? I, I meditate. Okay. So do you ever meditate before you do a scene like that? Usually, I meditate before a scene. And talk about that. What's that practice? Um, I usually like to do guided meditations. I'll find podcasts. I do like five to ten minutes. I drop in. I. So that's one thing that you. I do use that in the morning. In. I, I like to do this in my trailer in the mornings. Like I have a process. Like I get to set. Uh-huh. I get my coffee. You know. Um, I open my script. I get the sides that we're shooting that day. I highlight them. Mm-hmm. I transfer my notes from my original script into my side so I can always have that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do like a five to ten minute meditation where I just sort of, it's just about being present, breathing, trying to clear my mind, be conscious of my mind, be the watcher. Mm-hmm. And do you tell do you tell uh, like the PAs and stuff to not bother you for a minute? Um, I... I just close my door. You, you just know? close your door. Yeah, they know. Like if I'm like, give me five, give me. I'll say, give me a heads up. Like, give me a five minute warning. Yeah. So you tell know? me about tell me about the watcher. Well, the watcher is um, is where you you want to you you can't let your emotions and your and your thoughts control you. You have to realize that you're in control of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important as an actor to be able to tap into different emotions. Mm-hmm. You can the watcher um this is this has all been but distill this further like okay so like like how does the washer the watcher how does your access to the watcher that you that you that you gain through meditation right yes so you so you you sit down you do guided meditation for five to ten minutes you you can you find the watcher and and then become the watcher you become the watcher yeah right so you are it's almost like your thoughts are clouds right so you're both you and the watcher Right. You have to separate you from your thoughts. Okay. So that's how you you watch your thoughts. Sometimes the anxiety kicks in, the stress kicks in, all these made up, you know, I I, I don't have enough money, or you know, um, I need to do this, I need to do that. All these all these chores, um, they they can kind of cloud your brain, right? It happens to everybody. Yeah. But. I mean, I read, I mean, it's cliche, but I read this book, Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. Love, you know, love the Power of Now. That is, saved my life, that book. Talk you know? about why. Well, like, uh, actually. Well, no, it's all, it's all part of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so, so talk about what Eckhart Tolle taught you about the watcher. That you are not your thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? So all that stress, I'm stressed, you're not stressed. You think you're stressed. Uh-huh. You're letting stress control you. You have to separate yourself. Know that that's what is real and what is not real. Uh-huh. What are just emotions and feelings, and they're not, they do not define who you are. So that's, it takes, you have to consciously think about that. 
Um, and it's taken me years, years of like practice and work on myself to get to a place. And I'm still doing it. It's like I'm not there, but I've done it so many times. I've meditated so many times that I've I can drop into that place easier now. And so, are there any particular guided meditations? Like, what do you like? Headspace or like what Headspace do you like? is good. Uh-huh. Um, I did that. I do this this ten minute guided meditation. It was like a pe- podcast okay. that I found. Okay, great. I loved it. It was like this British guy. Um, who, it really helped me. He's got like 50 podcasts. And so you sit down, you, you know, you've already done your work on your script. You've drunk, had your coffee and, um, you're, you're essentially waiting for someone to come knock on your door and say, we're ready for you. Mm-hmm. Um, are you already in costume? Yeah. You've already gone through hair and makeup. Yeah, I'm hair, hair and makeup. Because this is what you do right before you're called on exactly. to perform. Yeah. And or b- before I rehearse. Yeah, before you start yeah. rehearsal. Right? Yeah. So you. So, so it's like whatever you're feeling that morning, because sometimes you're angry or stressed, you didn't sleep, or right. you didn't get the shot yesterday, or whatever's going on, a fight with your girl, or whatever. It's like you just kind of have to like put it aside and drop in and be. It's all about being present. Yeah. You know, yeah. With our jobs. And I think with everybody, I mean, if you can be present, then you're. And so, how do you good. know? Like, what are, what are the, dev- like, what, what measures do you use to know if you're present or not? You feel it, you know? Well, so, what does it feel like to be present? Um, I, I think you can listen. I think you can. Uh, and so, how do you know? Sorry, sorry to be a I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a person, but no, I'm no, I just, I'm, I want to mine this with you because I okay. love it. I think it's really important. Do you meditate? Yeah, I meditate. Okay. I do I do uh, TM. I do trans- Okay, so you have a mantra and all this? I have a mantra and yeah. I meditate twice a day for 20 Whoa. minutes a, Whoa. I don't a day have to focus at a time. That. That's good. Um, so, um, so, so, but how do you, so how do you know when you're really listening? What, what signifies to you that you're really listening? Um, I'm not waiting to speak. Interesting. You know? Yeah. I'm not like thinking about like, what am I going to say to that? Or And so like, I what if you're in a moment where, cause this happens to me sometimes when I'm acting where it's mm-hmm. like, uh, like, and you know, again, like all of this stuff is designed. I want everyone in the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the whole world, everyone in the world while they're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. um, to really think about, you know, listening obviously is a skill that is espoused as a, a very important skill for everyone to have, mm-hmm. right? We want to listen to the people in our lives. Partially because it's like you just said, it's a, it's something that signifies that we're present. We can talk about the value of being present later or, you know, I think we in some sense we already have. We can maybe specifically go there. But but listening is I think no, there's not anyone who would disagree that that's a valuable skill to possess. Mm-hmm. So like so this is why I think it's great that we're talking about it. So how do you like cause so sometimes I'll be on set, right? And I'll like you. I'll be with a scene partner, and the cameras will be rolling, and my mind will wander. Like I'll, you know, like let's say we've done, you know, we're on the tenth take, and we've done, um, you know, like there's a moment. Like let's say you're in a scene with like five people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have one line. Yeah, you know when you have that one line that's coming up. Yeah. So you, you know, <laughs> and the camera's not even on you. Let's say it's mm-hmm. somebody else's coverage, but you still want to be there because you know other people are talking. So like. How do you how do you check that you're still listening? Because you want to be there for your actors, you want to stay present for your fellow actors. So yeah. what? So so sometimes I'll go like I'll be like, quote unquote listening, but I'll start to think about something else. So then in those moments for you, like how do you get back to listening? Listening. How do you how do you how do you get back to that place where you are actually you feel like you're present, you feel like you're with your scene partners. 
eye contact sometimes helps. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you're not like looking around the room. Right. Even if you're like watching the person's eyes, you can kind of get lost and start listening. Right. So like, so like creating some physical focus for yourself, yeah. like a physical focal point. Yeah. That helps. That's also a meditation technique, right? Is like, it? yeah, sometimes there are a lot of traditions where meditation traditions or techniques where you actually, you leave your eyes open. Like Zen, uh-huh. I mean, Zen, classical Zen meditation, you, you, you actually, you don't close your eyes. You keep your eyes open. Huh. I mean, those, these, yeah, you know, I've, I mean, like I've Zen, done like walking Zen monks, yeah. those dudes like keep their, and ladies, I'm sure there's, <laughs> uh, are monks always? Men? I don't know. No, because like Pema Chodron, she's a monk. She's okay. A, okay. So, I um, but they, you know, they will leave their eyes open for, you know, 12 hours That at helps a time. me if I'm, if I'm looking at someone in their eyes. But then you're also, I feel like only actors do that. Only actors look <laughs> like at you in your eyes. Just stare at people when they're talking to them. Right. A lot of people don't do that in, in well, real life. Well, I mean, you watch a great actor, and they're off, often not making exactly. eye contact. Exactly. You know, you go in and out of eye contact. Exactly. Like that's just sort of a thing that you will note about human behavior. Right. No, typically right. we're not always like staring directly no, at each other. Especially if eyes. you're hiding <laughs> something and you're trying to not connect. Yeah. With or somebody your, thi- or, your mind yeah. wander. You're thinking of something yeah. else. Yeah. Okay, so listening. So like, so one of the things that helps you to know that you're present is that you're listening. And yeah. one of the things that can help you be a good listener when maybe your mind is wandering is eye, eye contact. Mm-hmm. So like for somebody who is, you know, like let's say you're doing a presentation or you're, or you're just talking to someone that's important, you're in an important meeting, and all of a sudden you have anxious thoughts about something that distract you, but you know that you want to still be listening to what the person's saying because you want to be able to answer their next question or you want to just feel like you're respecting them or you want to make a good impression or like whatever the thing is, you want to stay part of the conversation. One way that you could like get yourself back into the room, get yourself listening again is by sort of making eye contact. Yeah. And what, and are there any other things that you would say? Like, I guess it's like that going back to that concept of the watcher. Like mm-hmm. if you see yourself drifting, mm-hmm. you get consciously like, up, oh, focus, focus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like, up, oh, you're, you're losing. Go back. Do you have any like, um, f- physical, like physical practices that help you focus other than like regaining eye contact? Like, like I know sometimes for me, like I'll like focus on, feeling my feet on the ground like no. that's something that i learned I should, though. like sometimes i'll be like what are my feet doing right now mm. and i'll notice you know i'll notice like are my toes tensed up like mm. am i like weird doing weird things with my feet or do i feel you know the the my sneakers on the soles of my feet i haven't done that but am, am i standing on the ball of my foot am i back on my heels huh. so that's like one Just thing that aware. i'll do sometimes yeah. is there anything like that that you can Not imagine really no but maybe I'll steal your technique. <laughs> How do you? Here's a here's a question. All right. Yeah, I feel like it's sort of like it. Uh, I feel like it it it's re- it relates to this. Like, what do you do when you're supposed to keep a straight face? And you're like think something's and hilarious. you're like dying to laugh, but you like really, but you don't want to mess up your scene partner. You oh, don't want to you don't want to blow hard. the take. Yes. Yeah, so do you have any tricks for that? Oh, because that's another way that's of hard. kind of. Well, then you avoid eye contact. <laughs> but that's like another way of like really bringing yourself back into the present in a way, that's right? Hard. Like, yeah. Because the character wouldn't necessarily doesn't like the character's not supposed to find that line I know, funny. But sometimes, like, it's just you know? sometimes as actors, you get it. Like, if there's a bit that's so funny, yeah. So how do you um, do it? How do you do it? Do you do you have any tricks? Sometimes I, I the trick is 
having a patient crew and sometimes you gotta <laughs> let these actors sort of like laugh it out for a couple and then just drop in you know it's like it, it, so in those moments how do you drop in um look i'm not the master but you know, I just feel like sometimes you have to laugh it out. Like, it's just human nature, you know? It's and like, then when it comes time where you're like, okay, now... Then it's not funny anymore if you do it two or three okay, times, right. you know? So you just like, kind of Sometimes you it. get through it. It's just like, oh, give us, give us a minute, give us a minute. And if you can't, you got to, like, look away or just... <laughs> I don't know. So, there's like... Been, there's been times where it's been, you know, you just get, when it's late at night and everything's yeah. a little loopy and then, yeah. you know, it's hard to focus. So what happens when you're like, let's say you're on set or you're walking to set to do mm -hmm. a scene. Um, and, you know, you get this sense all of a sudden that you're maybe a little more anxious than you want to be. Or, mm. like, you get a call from somebody that right. gives you something. Like, you have an audition the next day. Or, like, there's something that happens where, you know, you feel a little bit thrown for a moment. Yeah. Like, like maybe, you're, maybe you're out of the present. You know, you get yeah. knocked off, right, off your course. So mm -hmm. that's how it feels. You get not, that you've gotten, like, derailed in some mm -hmm. way. What do you do in those moments? How do you access the watcher? My two questions. What, what what just happened? What do I want? Like that will always get me back to where I need to be. As an actor. Yeah, as an actor. It's just what like, do you think? And I don't have any, any answer to this, but what do you think the equivalent um, is for somebody? Like, like so, so as actors, we learn, right? They're called given circumstances. So we learn... Um, to to think about where the character is is emotionally at in the moment. What, what and one of the ways that we do that is that we think about where the characters just come from um, by looking at the story, like the mm -hmm. basic fact of the story. Where mm -hmm. was our character before the scene? Right at the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Did they just find out their relative died? Mm -hmm. Did they just have sex? Like what? Like so we look at the moment before. So that's one way that we can sort of very in a in a very easy quick way just sort of get some sense of where the character is emotionally mm -hmm. so what do you think like the equivalent of that is for like again like somebody at their job like somebody who just like let's say wants to be available you're a pediatrician and you have a patient coming in like what do you what do you think a pediatrician would do <laughs> to still themselves and to be present for their next patient i have no idea i don't know it's i think like there's some what we're talking about is so specific that I don't know if it translates yeah. to a pediatrician. <laughs> like, I don't know if it... But you, they've got it, right? Like, a pediatrician has to would have... Would they get nervous before a yeah, patient? Yeah, probably. Like, let's Why? say... Why would they... Well, even... well, not necessarily nervous, but, like... So, let's say they have a patient that's, like, coming in to see them and that's sick and that needs their care and attention and their focus... You know, like the stakes are high for doctors, right? So mm -hmm. like they they're they have to like give it their all to, you know, diagnose this patient correctly, really hear the needs of the patient. Mm -hmm. But like maybe they just got a call that their own kid was sick or that, you know, their 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 grandfather was sick or that you how know how do they apply how can their car we, just got stolen or whatever. I don't know how I guess it's So what do you think that they would do, like if they were walking into the room? I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would have to do their own version of dropping in. Yeah. Right? I mean, everybody's got it's, but even actors, it's not what I'm saying for right. me. You don't know what a pediatrician is. It doesn't do. necessarily going to work for you, you know? Okay, this let's, is just say my you were, thing. let's say you were playing a pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> let's say you were, let's say you were. Where was, what patient did I just see and who am I seeing now? <laughs> okay. But that might be what a real pediatrician does. Well, does I would too. guess I would go over the chart, you know? Yeah, you'd probably like, okay, go over a where's chart. Where's the last time I saw this patient? Right. What was the concern that time? Okay, kind of brief myself. It's the same sort of thing, I guess. Just get reacquainted with, you know, 
where you're the at. The task at hand. Yeah. You know, and yeah. focus in. I mean, I guess it's the same thing for sports or right. anything. Sports is a great example. Or by the way, when you're playing music. Yeah. You're an amazing musician. Thank you. And you play for big, big crowds of people. So, you know, <clears throat> sometimes like when you're when you're singing about to sing a song. That's interesting. You're not thinking to yourself like or when I'm singing a song. Yeah. Or when I'm you're... conscious like I, it's easy for me to fall on stage and I'm singing and it's easy for me to drift sometimes. Um, so I think about the lyrics almost mm -hmm. like I would think about the lines mm -hmm. if I was acting and the emotions behind what inspired me to write that or mm -hmm. if I'm doing cover of what what that feels what those lyrics mean to me and i try to I tr it's it's the same feeling just dropping in and being present because mm -hmm. you can easily lose your way it's almost like forgetting like you your can lines. space out while you're singing yeah, a song. especially if you've done a song a bazillion times yeah like my song someday that i did on my first record i mean i put that out in like 2007 or something like mm -hmm. that you know i play that at every show like i've played that song a million times i still love it but i have to because I know I've played it so many times, it's easy for me to space. I lock in, lock in even more. Right. You know? And I'm right. like, okay, so this is what I was feeling when I was writing these lyrics. And when you find you lock in, do you feel like you uh, you hear the lyrics yourself in a different way? Like, do you surprise yourself ever? Um. Yeah, definitely. Like, you, you know, I could speak it instead of singing it sometimes. I, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll just, I'll riff on a note. Um. And how do it's you know? It's almost like an improv. What you would do is in in a scene. Yeah. How you would surprise yourself. And like, how do you know? Like when you're when you like when you have when you perform that song, mm -hmm. and you, how do you know when you've really done it justice? If you're present. If you're it's, and it's again, so, like, how do you know? How, like, so let's say you finish that song, right? <laughs> and you get a lot of applause, and everyone's like <laughs> loving you, and mm -hmm. like, what what makes you go like? Yeah, I killed that one tonight. I rarely say that <laughs> about anything <laughs> sure, I do. Sure. Um, it's just, it's like, I feel like it's the same thing in, across the board between music, acting, mm -hmm. um, a, a good meeting, you know, <laughs> being a pediatrician. <laughs> it's, uh, if you're not in your head and you're not thinking about what you're doing and you're just doing it, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's the same feeling. It's this. It's 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 like you lose yourself in it. I don't know how to. It's a really hard thing. To I explain, remember like uh, I remember that. Um, I think I don't know if it was Freud or yeah, like some 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 uh, pioneer in psychology uh -huh. somewhere. I I feel like I I heard this or read this. Um, said that um, one of the ways that you know ego strength and, you know, in psychology they distinguish, you know, the ego that they talk about in psychology is different from the ego that they talk about in spirituality. And like Eckhart Tolle, the ego is sort of this bad thing mm -hmm. that, um, you know, we're not, he wouldn't call it bad because he's not, he's not dualistic, mm -hmm. you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but Eckhart Tolle, you know, he talks about the pain body, for mm -hmm. instance. Um the ego can be something that we want to sh not be into because the ego can be something that like, you know, yeah, or helps us like attach overly to our identities. Right. So that's one version of the ego. The another, another version of the ego is what they talk about a lot in psychology um, where you have a super ego, you have the ego and you have your id. So the ego is sort of the conscious version of yourself and you want mm -hmm. ego strength. You want your ego to feel intact. You mm -hmm. want to feel like, you know what? I know who I am. And I feel pretty good about myself. 
Um, so anyway, that that one of the ways that you know you have some some ego strength um, where you feel a sense of contentment and presence and trust um, is that your thoughts and your feelings align. Mm. So that like, you know, like you can, you know, like we all know when we're off, when like. Then you're in your head. Well, but or like, let's say it's like the like you have this thought that's like really casual, like. Like, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. And like, all of a sudden you start crying. Like, you know, like that would be a reaction that is probably pretty out. That would that would be a tip off that maybe you're not doing so well. Yeah. You know, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. need to like look at what's happening or like you have a really irrational reaction to something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what a, someone steals your parking spot and you like get out of your car and you want to fight somebody, yes. you know? So like that's like that's like a way of knowing maybe that you need to drop in, as you say. Balanced. Yeah, you need to yeah. like uh, regain um, balance. Uh-huh. So I'm really into like these, like I'm, I'm into these very pl- practical ways of sort of identifying, um, uh, practical ways of, of becoming the watcher. Right. Like, can we become the watcher when we're not, when we have, don't have the luxury of sitting down for five to 10 minutes for a guided meditation? Can we access the watcher in our da- daily lives? What are the ways that we like can know, Hey, you know what? Actually, like I need to, to drop in right now. Yeah. I need to, pay attention i think it's all for me i'm very i believe in moderation and and just every day i try to work towards a goal mm-hmm. and whether that be a physical goal so i try to i try to be like physically active every day i work like either even if it's something like if i only just get like a couple push-ups in or something mm-hmm. or do 10 minutes of yoga um, or I go for a run, just something. I don't need Brian's to be in the gym very for three fit, hours. By the way, you guys. No, but He's it's just very fit. But His it's, vascularity it's is a, crazy. It's a mental <laughs> thing for me, though. It's more. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. If that helps me feel better about myself, if uh-huh. I do something physical, if I work towards my my goal of becoming, you know, having an acting career. Mm-hmm. So whether that even whether that be reading a script uh, of a role I'm about to shoot, whether that be pestering my agents about what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, like right now I'm like, I just wrote a film that I'm going to direct and I'm meeting with producers on and, you know, so I'm working on that every day, whether it's my music and that could just be like scheduling a photo shoot or rehearsing a song or going to the studio mm-hmm. or, you know, doing a gig. If I'm checking off these boxes, I feel good about myself, mm-hmm. even if they're small little things, mm-hmm. but as, if I'm making progress, that gives me balance. And so are these goals that you consciously think of in the morning or the night before? Like, do you, is there, do you record these goals anywhere? You write in a journal or is this something that just for your whole professional life, you, yeah, you just kind of know you want to do something physical. You want to do something that works toward forwarding your career. You need to be working towards it every day. If you have a goal, you got to like be making the steps towards it. You can't just be like, yeah, I got a goal, but not do anything towards it. Okay. So like if you, so like, let's say you started acting because you, you loved the sense of community that it gave you and. And, you know, you loved having your name in the Omaha, Nebraska paper. And <laughs> I wanted to be Nebraska famous. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to be Nebraska famous. So, so uh, Nebraska famous is funny. Maybe that should be the name of your next album. I like it. Um, I love it. Uh, so, you, so, so, like, if that's where you, st- what, the reason you started, how has that evolved for you? Like, what, what, is, what has kept you driven to do this? It's interesting. It's been challenging uh, because I've had a lot of success early on, and um, and 
with that, that's amazing. You know, I mean, I've, I've been very lucky. So talk about that. So you graduated uh, NYU and you like got unscripted in like two seconds, right? Was that your that quick? Well, no, you did some law and orders, right? Yeah. I was working in college Uh a little bit. Oh, right. You worked in college. Yeah. So I was kind of early on, like aggressive about it. Uh Um, I had a manager while while I was in school, Mm -hmm. I was doing commercials, doing like little episodes of television. Um, and then I moved to LA like right after college, uh-huh. um, when I, like in 2001, uh-huh. uh, because I was just like bartending in New York and it was, you were like, you were an early LA adopter. You were like the first yeah. person. Nick and I came out, Nick, Nick Vanessa. Vanessa and I came out together, <laughs> came out early and we, he had a, his dad had a house here, our buddy right. went to NYU with and, um, and so we could, we could stay in the house and yeah, I, I I was catering and struggling for a couple of years. And then I got, um, I had an agent and everything, but, uh, I got this movie called the perfect score. Right. Yeah. That was like my right. first, that big, was your like, first big thing. Yeah. That uh-huh. was like a paramount film and a leading role. And so cool. yeah, so that kind of kicked me off. And then, and then unscripted came kind of after then, that. Un- and then one tree hill came after that. Right. Oh, one tree hill unscripted. first. Oh, I forgot. Came kind of around the same time. I just remember thinking Unscripted was like the coolest thing because it was like your it life. It was the coolest thing. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so Unscripted was a show for people who don't know. What year was it? That like, was like 2005. So that was like Brian Greenberg. So this is four years it was like after you. I've been in. Well, yeah, it was. Did you even have a character name or was it? No, my character you, was, was Brian, Brian Greenberg. Greenberg. It was kind of like a reality show almost. Um, but it wasn't like I was playing a character named Brian. Greenberg. Right, right. Uh, George Clooney and Grant Hesloff and Steven Soderbergh uh, created this, and they wanted it to be a love letter to actors. Yeah. And what we go through. Um, yeah. And uh, they wanted to mix reality with fiction. So, like, our acting coach was Frank Langella, but he was called Goddard. But my name they used is Brian Greenberg, and they actually booked me on real shows. Like ER, like I was an extra on ER, but we'd have a whole film set, you know, oh, of, on so script. Cool. It was so weird. I mean, the way they crossed it over and people. And it was like all our friends from NYU were yeah, on Yeah. And so, yeah, we got Nick and, and Nick Panessa and, and Eric Weiner were in the were in the pilot and they did such a good job that they got to, because it was cool. It was like and a collaborative process. you shot at your house, didn't you? Well, shoot yeah, at your house? They, yeah, we shot at our house and I told them, I was like, I got these friends. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Actually, I wasn't even living at that house at the time. I, okay. I, I moved, but uh-huh. I thought it'd be cool if we, you know, showed, because a lot of young actors live together and just the camaraderie and also the competitiveness of that. Yeah. Um, of like people stealing auditions from each other yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it's just like a hotbed of like good material to, to draw from. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they knocked it out the park in the pilot and, uh, and then they got to do all 10 episodes and it was fun. It was the coolest show. So how did yeah. that show or how did, um, wait, what was I talking about? I'll tell oh, you yeah, what you're okay. talking about. How, a perfect score yeah. or like, how did, how did, like at what point or, or talk about like the, your shifting over time. Right. Um, yeah. um, in, talk about how how your guiding principle might have shifted in this business, or, or talk about like how your inspiration might have evolved. What what started you going? Well, we kind of know what started you, but yeah. so talk about what keeps you going now. What drives yeah. you to get better? And so write movies and do music and yeah, um, work out every day. <laughs> <laughs> I um I don't know. I I, I I I I'm still just as hungry as ever. Um, I haven't for... lost the fire at all for any of it. Well, maybe music. Music, I feel like, has always just been. I've I've relegated that to a passion of mine. It's not a career that I'm chasing. Mm. You know, that's mm-hmm. just something I like to do. That 
I love that I love to do, mm. but I don't have the aspirations to become like a rock star or anything like that. I just like to make music and play music and I'm happy doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. that's 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 a win in of itself, you know? Okay. Just yeah. playing shows, like getting and do you right, find that going that, to the studio. That attitude has contributed to your success in music? I think it frees up um my art a lot because would there's no pressure it, on it. Would you call it like a, a lack of attachment to like the outcome? Yeah. Well I still yeah, I mean, I guess it's just not goal-oriented, you right, know? Right, It's like, it's just, it's pure in that sense. It's pure passion. You pure do passion. it because you love it. And I think people like it because they know that it's just pure passion. They know that I'm not trying to, like... Win a Grammy. Know. No, I don't give a fuck about that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just like to play music. Yeah. It's just something I've always, like, loved to do, and I'm kind of good at do it. Do you ever wish that you could bring that <clears throat> passion to your acting? Yeah, sometimes I feel like I get a little too heady about my acting, and, you know, I can overthink my choices and uh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I go in for this? Should I not go in for that? Um, was this the right career move? Was this not? Cause I do think of acting as a career and it's up, there's ups and downs. And like I was saying in the beginning, I had some really big ups and then, you know, like recently I feel like pe- people in the industry, the problem with having moderate success is they, they want to pigeonhole you into a certain type and they only see you in a certain way. So I'm having a lot of trouble breaking out of this, like, of the roles that I've played before. You know, like, urban, love interest, like, a lot of romantic comedies. And I'm good, you know, that's, I'll never not play those roles. I, lo- I, I love that. But it's just, I'm actively seeking different type of roles uh-huh. that will challenge the way people see me and the way I see myself. That is what drives me now, is the challenge of that. You know, I could easily just, like, keep doing the same thing over and over the challenge of of playing of expanding your your repertoire yeah and not only the roles i play but with the genre Uh that i play in Uh uh uh-huh you know so i'm like you want to get better as an actor that's one of the things that drives you i want to get better as an actor i want to work with amazing talent Mm -hmm. um on the directorial side and and great great directors great writers great actors you know Mm -hmm. i want to just keep expanding i want to keep getting better and just having new experiences what do you think makes you want to keep getting better like what is it what is what value does acting like because like if it didn't have any value in your life like what like i guess i don't have an end goal for acting either though i mean it's just like i just want to keep working Uh that's the goal like that's a like it's so hard as you know this Mm -hmm. business like if we can just keep working like that's a win do you how much do you think like your process like dropping in and 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 being present and um <clears throat> listening like like how do you how much do you think that stuff drives you or does it like it's a high right so when you get to lock in and you mm-hmm. get to separate your thoughts from 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 yourself and you can do that in a professional setting and it's like the best high in the world and i think i'm just chasing that I'm just yeah. chasing that high with yeah. it, whether it be music or with my acting. Like I just love being lost within the work. Like yeah. I live for it. That's truly all I love. You know, that's all I've ever really loved to think. So have you, have you looked into um, stuff about, you know, being like, would you say that that's flow state? 
I don't know what flow state is, but it feels like flow state. That's that's yeah. That's what they. That's what they. That's what people talk about. Yeah, talk it's like about... I mean, people compare it to surfing when you catch a wave. Yeah, it's that, exactly. It's that feeling, you right, know. Right. It's when you you feel like you're just unstoppable. You right. Know? Right. You're, right. You, you lose yourself in it. So, know? is there like any way that you like maybe when you're writing or or when you're writing music or mm -hmm. when you're performing music, like can you talk at all about like how you how you get into flow state? Like how you craft. I mean, you talked about it in terms mm -hmm. of acting, right? You drop in, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have some rituals. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, what is there? Is there any tricks to that for you? For music or for for what? All of it. Like, wh like when you like when you feel like you're riding the wave. When you feel it, how do you get high? Right. How do you find the high? It's different for music than acting. Um, for acting, it's like I do the work, and then. I can let it go. Mm -hmm. It's all about letting it go, letting mm -hmm. the work go. And then you sort of, you, you feel it out. Mm -hmm. Um, with music in the writing of music, I, uh, I don't know. It's just, um, some, that feels like an outer body experience that I can't really capture yeah. on it. Just sometimes I'll just wake up and I'll have a song. It's really outside of me. Like sometimes you'll wake up and it's like all of the lyrics and the melody will be there sometimes yeah wow it's like just, and, we, and what, what, what do you do when that happens i record it immediately yeah I just put on my iphone or whatever yeah. and will you actually like what's the most complete song that's come out i mean um, do you have like three three verses in a chorus and a chorus well and a it's never like perfect but it's like right. i'll have like uh, a melody and like maybe a couple lyrics and then i'll just i get a theme and then uh -huh. it, i'll just kind of work around that um i don't know and what what do you think like 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 is it like I'm every, not in control of it. You're not in control of it. No. So I, there's no there's nothing you can point to that like you did the night before or like a way that a position you slept in or well, whatever that contributes to that or I was listening to cuz I I just wrote this my first script, right? Mm -hmm. And I know you did. So yeah, it's we, like yeah. I I've really like admired all my friends who have made that jump from actor to writer and I've listened to a lot of podcasts and i've read the books and you know because i had this fear of doing what it books have you read so many you know say the cat and you know uh -huh. screenwriting or whatever okay we'll uh, talk about that later yeah but um you know i just what was i saying um the uh you were talking about like what what like when you're writing like when you're writing songs songs can sometimes just come to you and oh like, yeah so i was listening to all these podcasts on how to 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 write and um and I actually, there's this writer who I really, I won't say his name, but he's killing it right now, who I, I really respect. Wait, right? is, is there a reason you can't say his name? Well, I guess I could say it. It was Taylor Sheridan, all right? Okay. I guess there's nothing bad about it. But uh, I, I had the um, the opportunity to, so Taylor used to be my acting coach. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, he wrote, like, Hella High Water and uh -huh. um, uh, Sicario, and he's uh -huh. got his own show on Paramount. Uh, so he was an actor, and he's now He was an actor, he was an acting coach, and now he's the hottest writer in Hollywood. Okay. And uh, I had the opportunity to, like, be at his house in Utah about a year ago, and um, and we were kind of reconnecting. I'm like, hey, remember I used to went to your shitty apartment off of Melrose, and you coached me on, like, bad <laughs> sitcoms. He's like, oh, my God, I remember. So, um, and now he's just, he's, he's killing it. And um, I was like, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? Like, he's like, come here. And he takes me past his horse stables, and he takes me into this back room, and there's an office. And he goes, you see this room? It's my office. I sit in here for eight hours a day, and I bang it out. I'm like, wow, okay. So it's like practical advice like that. Like, you just got to show up and do it. Yeah. So like when I was writing my script, like I just, 
I was really frustrated with all the uh, scripts I was reading and the opportunities I was getting in the acting world. So I just really wanted to, I wanted to write something that I would want to be a part of, uh-huh. you know? And so I kind of just tuned all that shit out and I just focused and I treated it like a job. And I sat eight hours a day. I'd wake up and I'd, you know. Did you do eight hours? Yeah, I'd do eight, about eight hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and my goal was that even if I don't, even if some of those hours were just researching, because I did a lot of research for this project. And I, at least I would write a page a day. Mm-hmm. And that's going back to just like moving that goalpost forward mm-hmm. every day. Just mm-hmm. like if you got a goal, got to work on it every day. You, you got to show up. You can't just like think about, oh, I want to be an actor and then not go to class or not train or not mm-hmm. read scripts mm-hmm. or you want to be a musician and you don't like learn how to play the instrument. You got to be teaching yourself. You got to grow every day. So that's so what I did just, as a writer to, too. Just to break that down a little bit more. So you wake up, you have some coffee, you do a workout and then you sit like what's your what's the routine when you're writing eight hours a day yeah no take I, would, a lunch I, would, I would write first and then you know i'd work out and come back finish up yeah write first like I'd work wake out, out have lunch. my coffee you know and then and then start writing and Just then start writing and so what happens yeah. when you're not writing like when you're sitting in your office and you know it's hour or whatever three and you're like oh i can't like physically write right now do you I mean, do you turn your phone off? Like, how do you avoid distraction? What do you... Yeah, I mean, I would just... Yeah, I would have, like, that goal of, like, a page or three pages a day, you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, if I just do a page a day, I'm going to have a script in 100 but, days. But, like, what about... Did you outline? Did you... I didn't outline as much as I should have, and that kind of bit me in the ass a little bit when I had to, like, do my fourth draft. Uh-huh. And, um, But I had, like, a three-page sort of synopsis, and I had a beginning, middle, and end for each character, and I kind of knew the plot points of how I wanted to get there and uh-huh. then I, I figured it out but you gotta just show up in like inspiration as a writer like I'm like teaching how to write up the one fucking that's screenplay that's what I'm asking you to do <laughs> I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about no but you do because you also but, are a writer of um, songs and a lot of songs and you're also a storyteller when you're you know when you're acting you're in a way you're writing a story you're doing it with your voice and your body I guess that what I'm trying feelings. to say is if you want things to happen mm-hmm. you have to sh- you have to be you have to make yourself available for it to happen so if you want to write a song you got to sit down at the piano or sit down with a guitar and a journal and start playing so that's chords. like the discipline part right yeah you got to show up and maybe something will come out of it and maybe something won't uh-huh. but de- something definitely won't if you don't show up so did you have moments like once a day multiple times a day once a week like how often do you feel like you found yourself in that flow state when you were writing I was in the state on this one. This thing, I kind of just went every day. It, it clicked. That this this script clicked for me. I and what know. do you? What made it click? Was it the story? Was it the your story? Practice? The world that I was researching. Um, I don't know. I kind of like when I look back and I read the script now. I'm like, I can't believe I wrote that. It's wow. one, it's, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah. Not that it's that good, but it's just like. So did you feel out of control of it in the same way that you're not in control of when you download a sound a song? Exactly. Yeah. It was the same kind of feeling. Hmm. Um. And do you ever feel like that when you're acting? Like, yeah. And so what, like, again, like you, you, so we, you chase those moments, right? I chase you chase that. those moments where like you, I'm see, a junkie for those. You download like some kind of what, like cosmic, you, where does it come from? I don't know. Um, God, do you believe in God? Are you spiritual like, in that way? Like, <laughs> do you, I, yeah. Like yeah. the muses, like what yeah. do you, it comes from somewhere, right? Yeah. Outside I mean, it's of that you. whole Carl Jung collective unconscious thing. Like, uh-huh. I think you just got to be able to, Tap into it somehow, you know? It's like good artists can tap into 
I don't know. You're almost like a vessel. I don't know. I hate to get so heady and think about it. You know, like I'm just... that's what I'm asking you to do. It's not your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it is, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I approach it very practically, uh-huh. but then I let the art part, quote uh-huh. unquote, take over and I just let it happen. You know, uh-huh. it, does that, I don't know. It's, yeah. a, little, it's a little, no, I it, think there's something, but it doesn't happen unless you, for me, unless I do the work to get to that place. Right. So there's part of you that does a lot of the work and then there's part of you that lets it happen. The subconscious part is what, is where the art comes in. Okay. And yeah. would you say that the watcher is the person that, that, that helps you go back and forth between the, the doing the work and the letting it happen? Yes. So you, this watcher that you access when you drop in, the watcher comes and says, okay, now it's time to do the work. And then the watcher says, now it's time to just let it happen. I wish it was that I was in control of it that much, but I'm not. That sounds like in a way, in a little way, you are, right? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess that is what it is. There's like three parts of you. There's a watcher, there's a worker, and there's a let it happener. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, yeah, you have to put yourself in the state to let it happen. I love that. Yeah. And sometimes, and that's taken a lot of work for me, but some people are just always in that state. Like there's real artists, you know? Uh, <laughs> like I'm a part-time artist. There's real artists who just I mean, live in that state. I think it's hard to say that you're a part-time artist <laughs> when you have so much art happening. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, I don't know. So you feel like some people that that being in that state, just that You've letting You've worked with happen. like actors who are just always... They're kind of describe ethereal. That. Describe that archetype. Ethereal types. You. you know, yeah. they're like they're 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 socially awkward. Like it feels like maybe they don't work that hard, but then it yeah, just Yeah, they they work on a lot of instinct. Yeah. Um you know, it's not really about craft as much as it is just like a feeling. But don't you think that that's kinda of how you are with music? Like when you wake up and a song just comes through. That doesn't happen to me all the time. I know, you but know, that's happened but, to me a few times. Sure. Um, but those actors, the let it happeners, the, the I'm jealous of those people. But I those, wish I but, could... but those people, they don't always necessarily. They don't get every single take. Yeah, right? the problem is they get one good take. But they that get one take good is take, but that take amazing. is amazing. Right. right. So people work in different ways. Yeah. Like you would rather be the kind of actor that's more consistent on takes and. Yeah, uh, you've right. worked with me. Like I, I'm pretty like. Solid. Yeah, like I'll some, vary it, but you know. Yeah, I mean, different people make my work in different ways, but I don't know that yeah. any way. You know, some some directors want just that one take that's magical. Other directors, yeah, you know, want a lot to choose from when they're cutting it, and they don't want just that one fucking take that happened to happen on the medium. Yeah, they want a good take also right. on the close up. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it's like, you know, different people work in different ways. They don't know that there's like one way that's yeah better than another. Um, and I guess the last question on that that I'm going to ask you, and I I want to wrap up here because I think this is so beautiful. Oh, All right. Like I I just I love I love you love getting in the nitty gritty of yeah, it. Yeah, right? and I it's love also how you how you know those were your words. Like I love I love that there are all these states of being that you kind of um, toggle between, and that there's some consciousness that enables you to do that. Right. This is not just like it didn't just happen like this. You weren't yeah. just like like you've you've put. But I'm 40 years old, right? And I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. So this is, I've, I've found what works for me. You know, like I know that I have, there's, there's, I know what my soul, what my art needs uh-huh. to create. Yeah. So a lot of that is, you know, like I said, physical. Like I also, my love of travel, like I have to travel. 
Mm-hmm. Like I can't sit in one place. I get stagnant, you know, yeah. I'm constantly. I just flew in yesterday. You know, what oh, I mean? wow. like I'm just, I'm always on a plane. I'm always traveling. You know, it's just, I need to kind of shake things up for me. These are things that work for me that I work I've for you to be, get into the let it happen or yeah. Mode. Yeah. Just, just, just to be happy. Yeah. It's just to be, and this, these are the th- things that, what else? And so the last thing I just want to talk about is like, just so if you, if you could name like three things or four things or five things or unlimited things or one thing mm-hmm. that, that, that helps you get into that, let it, let it happen state. I know working out, but, right. but like, what is there, do you, I mean, is there any, are there any practices? Cause I think that of all of the states, right? I think <clears> that <throat> feels like the most, uh, the one that is like, a the very physical desirable state? state like no the let it happen state where like something just comes to you like mm-hmm. and it feels like magic mm-hmm. what 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 are what goes into to 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 being in that in that state fuck man i mean i wish i could be in it more you know yeah um i'm a little too in my head you know um so but, being out of your head that's one thing right yeah just being in the moment being out of my head um but like I, I just keep going back to the the confidence of doing the work, and uh-huh. then you can just throw it away doing and then, the work and then let start having go. fun. Like, hey, yeah. let's try this scene, and like, let's just pretend like we're kids yeah. or we're old people, or yeah, yeah. you know, like just to change it up. Like, yep. let's um, let's pretend that we're animals, and like, you'll be I a dog, you'll be in a cat. You know, just things that will kind of like shake it, yeah. shake you out of your comfort zone, out of your rhythm of doing things. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the traveling, maybe. Yeah, just keep moving, keep Get, moving forward. It's yeah. like forward progress on, like I'm. I have a lot of different interests, and I just I try to feed all these things. Yeah. Like, like I love sneakers. I'm designing a shoe right now with these people. You I know, I'm just that. doing all sorts of cool stuff. Like that, I just to me that keeps me happy. Guys, if if Brian's shoes are available when this podcast airs, oh, yeah. we're gonna we're yeah, gonna, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you um, can get them. <laughs> okay, so yeah, of course they're gonna sell out like <laughs> the next we'll Yeezys. We'll we'll um, okay, no, not Yeezys. What's Kanye's yeah, shoes? Yeezys are is cool. that his shoes? That's Kanye's shoes. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a good comparison. Yeah, I mean, shit, I I can't wear those shoes anymore. I had a bunch of them, and then he went crazy. With he went the, crazy. Like, I know. It I just know, felt irresponsible. He went all okay. I couldn't. Um. Okay. So last, last, last thing. Do you yeah. have like so it doesn't so books or videos or classes or types yeah. of therapy or types of anything that you recommend? I still take acting class. You know, I'm still in scene classes. Um, uh, scene study. Yeah, I'll still take those. Just uh-huh. keep that muscle strong. It's all okay. muscles, you know? It's yeah. like you don't want to go into atrophy. Mm-hmm. I'll still uh, warm up my voice, mm-hmm. my speech, my, keep my body in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. And so what, right, other than say the cat? Travel you, for me helps. Travel. Because seeing the world seeing different cultures getting out of my bubble you uh-huh. know living in the moment uh-huh that helps me a lot uh-huh yeah i like and to bike a lot bike okay. yeah that puts me in like a meditative kind of place any like um like online like classes or like i don't know any music that like particularly inspires you or like other than save the cat what writing books oh, did you read i don't totally recommend save the cat okay. <laughs> that's just what sure it's a controversial he, yeah i feel like it's a little writing book you know, if everybody read that book and then everybody writes pretty much the same uh-huh. type of movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's good. It's good just to have some sort of structure uh-huh. um, to go from. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any? What were the uh, writing books? No, just like 
cla- online yeah. classes that you take? Like, let oh, me know. Online like, classes? Or, yeah, I don't even know. Um, well, I actually like this master class series. Oh, have you been watching I that? I think it's pretty cool. I okay. think there's different stuff that are. Which one? The Sorkin cool. one or the Mammoth one? Yeah, I watched the Sorkin one. I mean, I sort of like speed. Some of it's let more valuable than others. You got to pay for those, right? You do. You yeah. pay for it. But then I like got a deal where like I got like all of them available oh, yeah. for $99 oh, for years. That's a pretty good deal. I was like, that seems worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. I have a ton of like writing, but I love this book. Uh, uh, um, oh my god, I'm literally gonna look behind me right now. The future. Oh, the War of Art. Did you ever read the War of Art? No. Oh, that's a great book. No. That's a really helpful book for all kinds of arts. All right. Um, I lean on my friends, like by people, Stephen Pressfield. He wrote that book. People, like I said, like if there's someone who's doing what I want to do, uh-huh. I'll pick their brain. Yeah, you know, that's a great. That's yeah, great advice. I'll seek them out, even if I don't know them. I'll cold call. I love it. You know. Um, I love it, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was so it was helpful. so helpful, so valuable. Little, I loved it. A little heady, was, but no, it was amazing. People are into it. It was everything. <laughs> it was everything. All right, cool. Um, it was good talking to you. So good talking to you. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokanson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.